Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Confident Dancer YouTube channel and podcast. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you today with my new friend, Georgia Dostal. She is the founder of Balanced Ballerinas on Instagram. It's also a podcast. She has an adult ballet educational platform, and she just generally has such a wonderful perspective on what it looks like to approach ballet as something that truly restores you and give you, gives you life um, instead of you know falling into very very typical patterns that so many dancers have in their relationship with ballet of feeling like you know it's something they love but it's this love-hate relationship because we're approaching training being very hard on ourselves or whatever it is um, she is very true to her brand name, Balance Ballerinas, and I just love that we got to talk today about how to have balance in your relationship with dance, even when you have more serious goals, whether you are an adult recreational dancer or a pre-professional or a professional dancer, this conversation definitely will be inspiring and insightful for you. Um, so I really encourage you to not only enjoy our conversation today, but also to check out Georgia on Instagram at Balanced Ballerina. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention, she also, if you're in Australia on the Gold Coast, she is the director of GC Dance there, which is um, a ballet school, and also Balanced Ballerinas, which is, like I said earlier, an adult ballet educational platform and online studio. So definitely check her out. Follow her on Instagram, all of the things. I'll have all of her information down below. Um, but yeah, I just so thoroughly enjoyed our time talking, so I hope you enjoy this too. Our conversation kind of goes all over the place in the best of ways, and I love hearing her perspective on balance and life and dance and really just how to develop a relationship with dance that gives you life. So enjoy, and thank you to Georgia for being on the show. Hi, Georgia. Welcome to the Confident Dancer channel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We finally got here. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I've, I've been really excited to connect with you because I love that anytime I've listened to your podcast or seen your Instagram posts, the your brand feels so true. Balanced ballerinas. I feel that you have a really sweet and like holistic approach to training that... Um, it just really feels like you're very centered on the student's experience anytime you're training with people or doing your online courses. So that's the impression I've always gotten. So I thought, oh my gosh, we have to talk. That's why I reached out. So I'm glad we can finally Thank do this. You. Thank you. That means so much to me. And I mean, sometimes when you're putting out content and your vibe into the universe, I mean, that's the best compliment when someone tells you that yes. you're resonating with them in the way that you're hoping you resonate with your audience. So thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. I can completely understand that also as an online business owner. So I always like to just give that affirmation whenever I see it because it is totally deserved. Um, so for our conversation today, I, oh, and for the people watching or listening, we're going to have a different conversation on Georgia's podcast, Balance Ballerinas. Um, and so, yeah, I'll link that below so you guys can check it out. We'll be talking about um, how to overcome self-criticism. But for our conversation right now, I'd love to get your take, Georgia, on what a healthy approach to training looks like, you know, specifically what balance can look like as you approach maybe your serious goals in dance. Now, 
I'm going to put air quotes around serious because that's going to look different perhaps for a pre-professional or professional ballet dancer compared to an adult um, who is maybe dancing recreationally, but you're really passionate about it. So we'll get into all those caveats and what that probably looks like in different experiences of dance, but I figured it would be a great place to start to just get to know you better. So I'd love to hear you know, just starting with like who you are and what you do and then some of your background of what got you here. Yeah, so um, my name's Georgia. Um, I used to be Georgia Canning. I'm now Georgia Dostal. I'm still getting used to that after a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had my studio GC Dance for school age students and Balanced Ballerinas for adult ballet students for over a decade now, which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. I opened it when I was 23. Um, I'm now going to be, um, I'm now 33. I always think I'm, I feel like I'm when I turned 30, I just stayed at 30. Like I keep forgetting that I'm I keep older, hearing anyway. about that. I just turned 30. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's going to happen to me where I'm just like 30 forever in my mind. I don't know. After, yep. After 30, you just, you just forget how old you are. But anyway, so I've been doing this for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. And um, I equally love my school age students and my adult students. But I think the reason why I promote and I talk a lot about my adult students is because you can't really be what you can't see. And the adult community is so underappreciated, I still believe, um, and taken seriously. And so we were talking about before about serious goals. Mm -hmm. I think whether you are a professional dancer and your goal is to, you know, is, is quite large, and glamorous I think that goal is just as I think as an adult ballet dancer who might have the goal of perhaps going on point or participating in their first ballet exam or going on stage for the first time I think that goal is just as important as a professional dancer wanting to be you know Odette and Swan Lake or Mm -hmm. be promoted to principal we're all humans we're all living on this planet and we all deserve our goals to be taken seriously so Balanced Ballerinas became, instead of just an in-person class community, it really grew and developed into so much more. Mm -hmm. So it now is a massive worldwide community. I have online courses, so I technically have students all around the world now, which is really fun. Um, And I love hearing about their experiences, which are varied, and it just enriches my experience as someone that works with adults. And so it's just become a huge network of really awesome humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah, fun. But the, but the whole idea behind, I guess, the word balanced ballerinas and why, I mean, it's fun alliteration, but um, it also really encompasses my goal, which is breaking down those elitist barriers associated with ballet often. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I found that I had adults that would go to the doctor and they would say, um, what's your movement practice or do you do any exercise? And they'd say, oh, I do ballet. And the doctor would go, oh, really? Like, isn't that just for like tiny tots, like little preschoolers? And they'd go, no, no, like I do ballet. And then they'd basically say that doesn't count. Or I'd have people you know, oh, within the groups. Yeah, I know. It's or I'd so have adults in there. I know, I know. Or I'd have adults within their peer groups, you know, saying, oh, you know, what's your hobby? Oh, I do ballet. And sort of be laughed at. Hmm. And I think the work with Balanced Ballerinas is all about 
creating, yes, a balanced lifestyle through ballet, but also showing the world and the community that ballet can be just as casual and just as hobby-like with, you know, as much as my husband surfs, as much as my dad goes and plays golf, as much as my mum, you know, does arts and crafts, ballet is the same thing. But for some reason we were viewing, especially 10 years ago, we were viewing ballet as like this thing that little toddlers did with the fairy wand. Mm-hmm. Or you were doing in a professional ballet company. Or yeah, it's one or the other. Towards, it's one or the other. So extreme. And it really, yeah, it really annoyed me because especially, especially men have these hobbies which you know, it, they weren't shunned. They weren't told that was silly. You know, no man is doing golf on the weekend with people telling him, why are you bothering? You're not going to be as good as Tiger Woods. So Do you know what I mean? So why, oh so why were we saying to grown women, why are you doing ballet? You're not going to be Misty Copeland. No one's going to be Misty Copeland. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Only she will. Yeah. So there was this real stigma about doing ballet just for the joy of it, just for the pure love of it. And it makes so many people so happy. Mm -hmm. Like it has just created so much fulfillment in some of my students. I have students that say to me like, my gosh, Georgia, my life was incomplete until ballet came along. You know, it has just completely changed my life. Now, imagine if the world was telling them that that was silly. Yeah. And they didn't have a space. So balanced ballerinas is that space. It's that space to enjoy ballet in a beautiful, holistic, welcoming, mm-hmm. balanced um, yeah. way. Wow. That will preach that. I love that. <laughs> that whole inspiration. And you make such a good point about how I believe there still is a lack of spaces where you can essentially choose the relationship with ballet that suits you because before it did feel like not even a too much of a multiple choice question on a test it was like yes no (laughs) like you did it when you were three you become a professional that's it that's all you have um personally I live in Austin Texas and there's this community that I found that has a similar vibe to what you are creating with balanced ballerinas. And the reason I share that is because I realize how often I've told my friends that I've kept in touch with after dancing professionally, it's magic. It's so rare. I never thought I'd find something like this. Isn't that kind of interesting how rare that is to the point where I find it really noteworthy to talk about all the time. I don't think it really should be that way. So I love how you're bringing in the option to be casual or to do it for maybe emotional fulfillment or for whatever reasons you want. And it doesn't have Mm. to be so external or you don't have to be professional level to be valid as an adult. Yeah. And even Kirsten, what we're doing. So what you're Mm. doing with your business, what I'm doing with my business, that's a rarity in the ballet world. It's either you are a professional dancer or you're a professional dancer that started teaching, or you're a child learning dance. That's it. Like you said, Mm -hmm. that's your very short multiple choice answers. (laughs) Whereas I guess, you know, the whole philosophy behind Balanced Ballerinas is working out where you fit within the ballet world 
and you can take as much or as little as you want mm. and you can start at any age and you can appreciate and love and be part of your dance community at a no matter what age and be in that's whatever so capacity so because yeah. I because I was an anomaly too and I think that's probably where balance ballerina stems from as well is the fact that I I was that child that you know had a very I mean I worked really hard but I had a very smooth sailing experience in regards to my pre-professional career every audition I went through for I got I mean I didn't you know not work hard but I got everything I ever asked for I was on the trajectory to be you know in the Australian Ballet Company and and work my way up the ranks and I didn't like performing so, you know, and I really wanted to go to university and I wanted to study and I wanted to have a little bit more of a balanced relationship with ballet. And at the time it didn't exist. I sort of went into a little bit of choreography thinking that that might be the answer. And then I wasn't really into that. And so at the time, it, the answer was really just to give up. Mm. But I remember looking at my dance teachers growing up and it never felt like a possibility of like, funny, like, I have some of my students, I have so many that go, Miss Georgia, I just want to be you when I grow up. Like I want to own a dance studio and I want to do, I want to have a podcast and I want to, you know, I like, I love that because, you know, like I said at the beginning, you can't really be what you can't see. Do you know what I mean? And so you have to be like, you have to be like yourself as well, pretty like gung-ho and pretty like confident to just go down a completely different path. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was so scared that I would be rejected or judged in the beginning of what I was yeah. doing. Did you experience that as well? Because it was such an unpaved road to go down. Yeah. I also found that, and I mean, probably a little bit controversial in saying this, but there's probably, I found there's a lot of people within the dance world, especially ballet specifically, that are very old school and very traditional and they have the sort of this is the way that you do things and I was going against that mold and so trying to carve out what my career path looked like without much support from people that I kind of admired or looked up to who were kind of like why are you doing that that either that's not going to work or that's not the way we do things that was really hard yes so Mm. which is such a actually great quality I want to point out I read this book um maybe I'm getting the books mixed up so I won't mention the book but this concept (laughs) yeah I know especially if you're into like self-development you read them all they're all the same after us yeah (laughs) I agree I actually agree um they just have different flavors of pretty much the same message but anyway one concept that I learned which I really enjoyed was understanding the um, personality trait of disagreeableness and how it doesn't mean that you're a really obnoxious person and you say no to everything it really just manifests as this quality of willingness to go against the grain and a high tolerance for that that um, discomfort it creates Mm -hmm. you're willing to validate your own idea and to say you know, no, that is what I want to do, or I can be different, or I I do disagree with what I see. This isn't the only option. And it is actually a trait that is found amongst people who are founders very, very often because you have, you either have it or have developed within yourself this practice of following what's in alignment for you 
or maybe it's your curiosity or what you feel should exist. And that conviction is something that you do experience friction with that. You know, there is sometimes pushback or maybe it's not overt pushback all the time. Sometimes it's just maybe our ingrained resistance within ourselves of all those internalized voices of you can't do that. That's silly. Like with me, I was thinking, oh, what if no one takes me seriously? Just because I had Mm. never seen someone doing exactly what I was doing. I saw maybe some similar things, but because of my background in ballet, I was so good at seeing a vision of what a choreographer would show and doing exactly that. And it felt amazing to be like, tell me what to do. I will do a really good job replicating that. And then when you start your own thing, you're calling the shots and there's not someone to compare yourself to. So it takes a lot of guts. And I'm sure all of your students are like, thank you for making this. Thank you for talking about it. Thank you for going against the grain because it's awesome. No, I I completely hear you. And a lot of people don't sort of think about that sometimes in in the way that, you know, a ballet dancer is trained to essentially just duplicate. Yes. Or follow the crowd and do what they're told to do by the artistic director or whoever's standing at the front of the room. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of autonomy. And so that is really foreign and super brave of you and, you know, requires some digging deep to sort of go against every fibre of your being that you're trained to be as a professional dancer. So most the beginning (laughs) phone calls I had with schools, like when I would send email pitches, like I can speak at your school. And of course the email would look like, I don't know, maybe somewhat confident. And then they'd be like, okay, let's set up a phone call. I'd be like, I don't know, (laughs) this is so scary. And now it's like totally normal. But anyway, for anyone who maybe... I know you and I are talking about the businesses we've started, but I hope that some dancers out there can really resonate with um, this concept because maybe for them, it looks like going into the studio for the first time after yes. I'm thinking you must have students who used to train professionally who maybe haven't danced in a long time and come back. That takes a lot. Like you have to get through a lot to just they go back are, to the studio. <laughs> yeah, they are the hardest on themselves. Yes. They are the hardest on themselves. Those students who were a professional dancer or mm-hmm. pre-professional or, you know, danced their whole childhood, they come back into the studio as an adult and they may have had, you know, I've had some where it's only a couple of years of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some where it's 25, 30, 40 years of a break yeah. and they are so hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And I always remind my students to practice in the body that you are in today so important okay. because if you were a professional dancer and say you retired in your late 20s or even late 30s and then you come back as a 65 year old mm-hmm. you're in a completely different yes. season of life with a with really not a completely different body but very different to when mm-hmm. you were you know at that stage and so it's really accepting and being grace grace gracious with yourself and Mm -hmm. just sort of being kind to yourself and practicing in the body that you have today but I guess kind of like going back to 
what we wanted to talk about in regards yeah to I was gonna ask everyone yeah everyone finding their own balance I think and it's really important to note this because especially because I've named my businesses you know balance ballerinas <laughs> and I'm the balance ballerina on Instagram people always and I often get this well what like they want the perfect formula they want me to write out their balanced week now yeah. everyone's version of balanced is completely different so true a lot of people and this is the criticism I get look at my life and go yeah, well you're not very balanced <laughs> and like my life and how busy I am is my version of balanced I am not the kind of person like I'm not really into traveling um, I'm not into going to Hawaii and sitting on a beach like that doesn't make me feel balanced. That actually makes me feel anxious. <laughs> so everyone's version of balance, I can do it for a couple of days, but you know, not, not weeks on end. Um, it took me three hours version- to relax on a beach in Mexico. Literally, I didn't calm down yeah. for three hours, but we had like yeah. bought the, or rented the cabana. So I'm like, well, I need to get my money's worth. <laughs> you know, I just feel like you would relate to them. Of- oh yeah. Like, look, what helps is a couple of cocktails. Let's be honest. <laughs> actually I had a sip of my um, water before I've got electrolyte water in case anyone was I forget that this because my podcast is just audio I'm like I hope no one doesn't think I'm drinking rosé during our interview but it's electrolyte water everybody because I've had COVID so I (laughs) so I'm just you know getting those electrolytes back in um but yeah so anyway getting back to the question is that everybody's everybody's version of balance is completely different yeah completely different so it's kind of just going through and auditing and editing your life. So when you're feeling unbalanced, okay, like where am I feeling unbalanced? You know, is it my ballet training? Is it my lifestyle? Is it my work? Is it, you know, and you go through the areas of your life where it kind of maybe needs a little bit of love. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think when it comes to, see it's different it's a little bit different for kids and adults as well like if I was to talk about this in an adult context we're all in very different seasons of life Mm -hmm. and I think and you you speak so greatly about this on your YouTube channel about not comparing yourself to other people and other students (laughs) and that's so important because I mean I've got some adult students that come to gosh like five six classes a week and then I've got some students that really struggle, but they're so adamant about getting there once a week. And I have as much respect for both parties. But what people don't understand is that the ones that are getting there once a week religiously, they're looking at the ones coming six times a week and they're like, oh, I should be doing more. What a lot of people don't understand is sometimes those students that are coming six times a week, they're retired or yeah. they're, you know, or they're- They don't you know, work um, and that's most of their work. Or, a hundred percent um or it's their version of a social life as well Mm -hmm. so you know everyone has a different reason for being in the studio and those that come once a week they might be in a totally different season of life they might have three children and a high you know demanding job and all sorts of things and and if you come once a week you know those those people that's brilliant like the fact that you get to class is fabulous And what I always say is to just make sure that your goals, you know, your goals are there, but to make sure that they're realistic so that you're not setting yourself up for disappointment. And I think that's what gets us out of balance because we end up sort of chasing our tail 
-hmm. and we end up not achieving these big goals that we've set and we end up being severely disappointed instead of just I always say pair back like you know I mean I had a student I had a student who was totally burnt down and I said to her I actually am banning you from the studio you know on Tuesdays and Thursdays I said you need to have breaks yes okay you can come on a Monday you can come on a Wednesday yeah um but Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm banning you you're not allowed in the studio because she was just burnt out and doing so many classes Mm -hmm. now for me financially telling a student not to come to class is not a good move so that student knows I'm telling the truth like please don't come you're burnt out I have your best interests at heart because me telling her to come less to class doesn't doesn't help me so yeah yeah, you're right no so so that is how much I believe in having a balanced practice um so good so important and I guess if if we're talking about you know school-aged children there's a reason why we actually set up our timetable a specific way so our more senior students come in on Monday Wednesdays and our more junior students come in on Tuesday Thursdays if students are in our performance team, they come in on a Saturday, but that's it. We don't work on a Friday, studio is closed, and we definitely don't work on a Sunday. Yeah. So we have set up the timetable like that. So a student's never actually dancing two nights in a row. Hmm. There, yes, so it's split. Yeah, it gives you because, recovery time. That's nice. Yes, so it's super important to have that balance with your schoolwork, yes. with your dance with life you know mm-hmm. like friends um the ability to go to birthday parties um it's so good because what people don't understand is that having that balance just creates happier humans um it and really it does. actually improves your ballet practice or your dance practice because you're all arrested we have hardly any injuries at the studio like hardly any That's injuries. Awesome. Usually it's because they did something silly at school in sport. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, like I had one of my gorgeous students, uh, male students, come to class a week before our concert last year and he'd broken his arm and I was like, no. what were you doing? And he goes, oh, I was playing touch football. And I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, so it's Damn super important. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully so, it But cast, that balance so. is... Yeah, no, he had a cast. Um, but super important for not only your body, but also your mind as well. Like yes. it's just super important to have that that balance. And and I guess for those that are needing a little bit of help in creating that balance, I know that myself and and my studio, we try and force that balance on people <laughs> by creating the timetable and by creating our nice. classes the way that we do. Yeah. That is so but, good. Um, yeah, definitely setting realistic goals is just super important Mm -hmm. and expectations I'll say expectations and boundaries I'll add to that Um, Mm. I think those ideas so beautifully complement what you're saying which is what a boundary might look like is knowing yourself well enough to know over time when you witness when you've gotten burnt out or tired or really you just feel like you're kind of hating yourself into going to ballet because like you should and you you have to and you're a bad dancer or whatever like taking inventory of your life and noticing what rhythms got you there or what beliefs or self-talk got you into that headspace even and creating a boundary like whoa when that starts to happen we go "Eh, eh, eh." we back up (laughs) or yeah examining your expectations do you expect yourself to look like 
as you mentioned, the dancer who's coming six times a week, when it's awesome for you that you're coming once. That's so good to be real with yourself. Exactly like what you're saying. I yeah. love and I it. Think, I think balancing, um, just as you were talking about that, I was thinking about balancing intensity. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people don't think about is say you're playing a sport, it's usually for a season, like whether this is at a school age level or a professional level, you're playing for a season and then you have big chunks of time off. Mm-hmm. Ballet is one of, and you think of professional ballet companies, you would know, like mm-hmm. you are you are one of the only professions where you're expected to be at peak performance level all year round. All the time. Until you're like two month break where you go and like get surgery and come back like I'm good. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Or you take that time off and you bash yourself up for like enjoying some Christmas pudding. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like this really awful. Whereas if you look at professional other professional sports, you know, they have big training gaps, they have adequate time to get back into quote you know, shape. Um, and they are, their weight fluctuates and it's all just like very normal. Um, you know, like my, my sister, um, she is engaged to a professional cricketer and over Christmas sometimes, or when they have their off seasons, he's like, Oh yeah, I've put on a bit of pudge, you know, like (laughs) I'm just, I'm just enjoying myself, but it's all good. We'll get back into the the training soon. Like it's a very healthy, uh, it's a healthier mindset. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, oh, totally. it, life ebbs and flows. Whereas a professional dancer or a dancer in general is expected to be in peak shape the whole year. Yeah, yeah that's totally. Not, you know, so it's really about balancing the intensity of your training schedule. Yes, there are times concert might be coming up, exam might be coming up. Yeah. You know, they're your two big ones where it's like, I might need to put in just a real solid effort for the next, you know, six weeks in the lead up to this big event. Mm-hmm. You can't maintain that in intensity for the whole year. And yeah. I think as teachers too, it's on us to also not only relay that message to the students, but also being accept- accepting of students coming to the yes. studio and not giving you 110% every lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't yeah. come into the studio and give 110% every single lesson. It is humanly not possible. We have, as females, menstrual periods to deal yeah. with. We have we have um, intense parts of personal lives. We have work. We have all sorts of things. And so it's on us as teachers as well to create that space where a student yeah. can come into the studio, which is an ach- in an achievement of itself instead of staying home and sitting on the couch, you know, if they're coming mm-hmm. into the studio and just working through bar, working through centre and just putting in, you know, like I spoke about before, showing up in the body that you have today yes. with the mindset that you have that day, you know, which is That's not going to so be perfect good. all the time. Yeah, so, there's yeah, so just much balancing acceptance. that intensity. That's beautiful because balance, I think when we are even perfectionistic about balance it's often because we are measuring what balance looks like in such a small amount of time instead of expanding that out to the quarter the semester the year um so yeah I totally love that allowing balance I just love the concept of allowance in general even when I teach I've noticed that my classes have well the students have been so much more productive they've improved faster 
the mood in the room is way higher when I just started to let things be. And I used to think, no, no, I need to teach them discipline or help them understand these concepts, or I need to kind of share everything I notice so that I'm giving them value as a teacher. Then when I started to just step back and ask, what if I just let it be? I noticed that they had more effort to tend to maybe the one or two things I give them. And I'm also helping model the relationship that they can have with themselves. I'm kind of trying to exemplify that you can just let something be. And it's been so cool to see the result of that. Even that I teach one group class a week, kind of like a hobby. And it's so neat to see what that does. So I'm imagining that your students just love soaking that in from you. Well, I mean, the thing is too, and it's really probably important to know is that I didn't like come out of the womb knowing this. Like I didn't start teaching and just be this beautiful balanced teacher like it has taken a decade of of teaching experience to come to these conclusions and in another 10 years time I think gosh what kind of teacher will I be then do you know what I mean so totally there's yeah so creating and fostering that space is a is a continuous process continuous Mm -hmm. so speaking mm. of spaces I think we should finish off by talking about your online programs and how people can work with you if they're really interested in uh, participating in what you do. Well, if you're on the Gold Coast in Australia, you're lucky you get to come to my in-person classes at our really beautiful studios. Um, I just, I I don't know if you've followed online, but we moved Mm -hmm. into our new space at the end of 2022. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's, it's still very boutique. I never want to be a massive big studio with like 700 students. Um, mind you, we're still pretty big, but um, <laughs> it's just really intimate. You know, the space is clean. It smells beautiful. And anyway, it's lovely. And what's so special about BBHQ is that I have now, since creating this space, had students from around the world or around Australia oh. put it on their destination list when they come to Australia to visit. And oh, so when, if you ever, sweet. if anyone, yeah, so if anyone ever comes, don't just because it's so funny sometimes people come through the door to take class and they'll message me after when they've left I just wanted no. to say thank you so much for class I'm actually from the UK I listen to the podcast and I'm like oh my god why didn't you say hello um and introduce yourself so if you're listening and you're ever in Australia and you come and do class please let me know who you are and how you're part of the BB community um because that's just so nice I love that yeah. it makes me feel very special and it makes my day like when that happens I'm just on a high for the rest of the day um, it makes all that hard if uh, hard work opening space <laughs> worth it. <laughs> um, but in yeah, but in regards to if you want to work with me, but you're not on the Gold Coast um, mm-hmm. in Australia, um, I do have online courses. So I've got a 12 week adult ballet course. We've got a beautiful private Facebook community. Um, it's just full of awesome humans, and um, you can work through those 12 week. Um, 12 weeks and come out sort of like my students dubbed it my adult ballet students a life edit it's not just about ballet it's actually very much yeah very much about finding balance Um, and I've got butter ballet which is a six-week course it's just beautiful for prenatal and healing students and then a few more things um, in the work so that's a relatively new space for me 
um, and it's just going to get bigger and better. So, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I think it's so cool, especially that you have prenatal ballet, because there are so many women who still want to move and they don't want to stop dancing when they're um, having a baby. Uh, so that's really amazing that you're just so yeah. inclusive. If I ever come to the Gold Coast, gold, gold, have- gold, excuse me, has a D. I don't know why I just said it like that. The Golden Coast. The Golden <laughs> I will be there and I will say, well, also you will know who I am, but um, I would say I anyway. So thank Love you, it. Georgia. I'm so grateful we got You're to welcome. speak and I know that I was so inspired and encouraged by our conversation. So I really hope that people will come follow your podcast and your Instagram and visit your website, you. do your courses, everything. So thank you Thanks so for much for being me. here. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see <laughs> each other for your podcast in just a moment. Yes. So thanks. Bye, everyone.